Hey, do you love a good story? Great. Then you gotta check out the Hashtag Storytime podcast. Each episode brings you the craziest, creepiest, and cringiest stories from YouTube, TikTok, Reddit, and beyond. My story is about the time that I was broken up with at the 9-11 memorial. Uh, twice. Look, the internet is a dumpster full of stories, and I, your host, Will McFadden, dive in headfirst, sift through the flaming trash, and bring you nothing but treasures. Listen to all 21 episodes of Hashtag Storytime now on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Baddie Podcast, where I love to talk about real estate, entrepreneurship, and current events that affect our market. My name is Tabitha Richardson, and I am your host. Today, I have a special guest. His name is Leon Bailey, and he is going to talk about his journey from being a real estate agent to owning Airbnbs. So you don't want to miss this episode. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Baddie Podcast. And today I have a special guest. Mr. Leon Bailey is with me today to talk about his journey from being a realtor to going into Airbnb. Leon, are you hey. there? Hey, thanks for having me on today. I appreciate it. Thanks for being here. So I want you to introduce yourself to my audience, but I want to put a little twist on it. Mm-hmm. So if I were to talk to one of your closest friends or maybe your wife or someone, how would they introduce you? Oh, wow. I should have just called her and made her say something. Um, <laughs> no, I think um, I think some, the way that somebody would introduce me is saying that um, I got it. One of my friends says this, this person has a... Um, forgot what was that name of that movie with that gentleman, but he has a brilliant mind, um, thinks differently, <laughs> out the box, okay. um, and is a loyal, dearest friend and somebody that will always be on my side. Okay, that is awesome. So they wouldn't have anything bad to say about you, I see. They wouldn't be around me if I had something bad to say about me. So no. Good answer, good answer, good answer. So let's let's rewind. Mm-hmm. You um, you are you still licensed as a real estate agent? Yes, I still currently have my license as a real estate agent. Um, had my license since two thousand and three. Check the word. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah, about like two thousand three. I had to check the award to see like when it was that I um, was the rookie of the year in Prince George's County. But um, yeah, so I w- I've been doing real estate for quite a bit of while and I was doing real estate before I actually had my license. Um, but, you know, one of the, when I started doing it the right way is when I actually started succeeding in real estate. The right way. Mm-hmm. So what's the right way? Um, well, the right way is to have a license, <laughs> be affiliated with a broker. Um, when I say I was doing real estate before, when I went to... Um, Hampton University, I bought my own property and then I was actually um, renting out my my home and um, what's called house hacking now is a big thing. I was doing that and then um, so I was almost acting as a real estate professional um, without the licenses and, you know, all that type of stuff. So but when I moved up to Maryland, um, I definitely got all my legal requirements and boarding information in place so I can actually help out other people to um, okay. pursue their dreams in real estate. Okay. So what made you um, get interested in real estate? So you were doing it while you were in Hampton. Um, did you have people around you that were in real estate or like, how did you in from college say, you know what, I want to house hack or, you know, I want to practice real estate without the license. <laughs> Um, well, I mean, be quite honest, um, I had a girlfriend in Hampton University and she was just like, hey, you guys got your own business. You're doing really well for yourself. Um, why, are you, why are you doing this whole roommate thing? You know, you could buy a house. I'm from New York originally. Um, so we're used to kind of like living in, you know, condos or co-ops. And right. so um, we was like, I'm good. But then she's like, no, you can kind of do better and yada, yada, yada. So I started looking into... Um, 
to buying a property. And the first property I bought was a, a VA um, assumable loan property. Um, okay. So somebody, because Hampton's an area where it has a lot of military people. Um, so a military person bought a house. Something must have happened. They got shipped somewhere else. And um, I was able to assume that VA loan and buy that property. It was a townhouse. Um, and I got it for, I want to say, like $65,000. And I was just about 21. Um, and the reason I can still talk about this girlfriend right now, because um, she's had a lot of a lot of impressions on my life and um i later married her so that's my wife. okay okay yeah, i did think about it like hmm. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i'm able to talk about it so yeah she was the one to marry absolutely mm -hmm. so were you um did you have military background to be able to assume the va loan you know i don't know if back then mm -mm. if you had to have um uh be a veteran in order to assume it but i believe now you have to be a veteran in order to assume at the time loan. back then you did not you did not have okay. to be a veteran um and i just actually assumed the loan based on where they you know where they left it and it was you know it was a um it was a great deal i mean like i said it was like 60 something thousand dollars um and i want to say if i remember correctly my mortgage was like 500 and change so it was less than what wow. i was paying in rent and then, um, like I said, we house hacked it. So um, my roommate was covering my mortgage. I still ended up doing a roommate because it was too much house for an individual. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, and, and then what happened was after I left Hampton, I still would then rent that property out. I mean, I've had a lot of um, interesting people rent that property. I, even, I remember even having our, um, Michael Vick. He was um, co-signed. Really? Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was, oh, it was, wow. it was interesting stuff, you know. But it was a great wow. deal, and um, eventually we sold it, and um, yeah, sold it for like double the amount that I bought. I bought it for. So that was like your entry into that was my entry. correct real estate, and then you caught the real estate bug from correct. there. Correct. Real estate. That that was. It wasn't even like the real estate bug. It was just that was my uh, my go-to bag. Um, because I was doing clothing lines and doing other stuff with my friends and other businesses, but the real estate was always the backing of the projects that I was, um, interested in because, um, you know, that's why I learned about having line of equity and, you know, credit line of credit and stuff like that. And, um, being able to leverage that money to do other investments and stuff of that nature. Okay. So you are pretty much an entrepreneur at heart. You said you had the clothing line and, you know, you're doing real estate and you're doing all of these things. Have you ever had like a nine to five job? Oh, absolutely. So that's the whole thing. So as I'm doing all of this, I've always kind of had a nine to five job. Um, mm -hmm. So during my time in Hampton, I was like the, the telecommunication guy. I was selling cell phones and all that other stuff. Okay. Um, so I was that guy. Um, but then I also had the clothing line. I was always into multiple streams of income. That was my whole thing. Um, I'm West Indian, so I'm always thinking about <laughs> like how can I get, um, you know, try get to create more. More, get more and get multiple streams yeah. of income. So, but I never looked at real estate as being the, um, I would say, the golden trail of the best place mm -hmm. to go. It was just like, okay, I have that, and then I'm gonna keep going. But then when I started looking in my past, um, I had a mentor that said, you got to look at what you've been. You can like to do a lot of things. But what have you been truly successful at doing? Sometimes those be the things that you don't even pay attention to. You know, yes, I'm trying to do clothing. Yes, I'm selling retail. I'm doing this. But real estate was constantly just making me money without me even pulling my full um, efforts into it. And then when I got fully engaged, um, it, it really opened up to be a whole nother pathway of success. Okay. So then you came to Maryland and... Mm -hmm. You got your license. Are you just licensed in Maryland or any other state? Um, Maryland, D.C. Um, no longer in Virginia, but Maryland, D.C. Okay, so you still hold your license? Yes, still hold my license. Okay, so tell me about your journey as a realtor. Like, how did that start? Um, because you've been in real estate for a really long time. Mm -hmm. You've seen a lot of markets up and down. Um, this is This market is awesome for a lot of people. Um, so you've, you've been through it. How was your journey as a realtor? All right. So my real, my, my journey as a realtor, when I first came out, the market was exploding. 
Um, it was really hot. It was like 2000, like I said, 2007. I came out. Um, my first deal that I was able to do was my own. And it's funny how that deal even transpired. Um, I was at my house. So like I said, so we just bought my first, our first house. Um, it was a single family home. Um, and I'm out cutting the lawn because, you know, when you come from the city and you never really have grass like that, you're not even trying to hire nobody. You want to do it all yourself. <laughs> and I, I'm in the mix and I'm talking to my neighbor and I'm like, yo, why? I just closed my house. I'm like, why all these for sale signs are out like, you know, with these neighbor's yards or something wrong. And my neighbor told me, he said, oh, man, they flipping. I said, what you mean they flipping? Can you explain? Can you elaborate? He said, no, nah, they bought it for low. Like you, how you bought low? Now they just selling it and they're walking away with like, you know, hundreds and thousands of dollars um, because the market is so hot. So I said, really? Okay. So I came <laughs> back inside, put away the, um, the long That's all you box. needed to hear was. That's all I needed to hear. And, um, <laughs> and, and they put the battery in my back. Um, so then, you know, me and my wife, we started looking at different homes and visiting stuff looking at people were setting things up. And um, I mean, this is even before we had kids. So we made our date night kind of like going to realty school together. So she took the classes with me um, and we, she couldn't get it because of conflict in her business, what she does, but she just, that's where we spent time and wrote out like, you know, this is what we would do. And I got my license and um, renovated my basement with, uh, got my own contractor. So now I'm just, I'm managing contractors, getting my basement done. And um, yeah, I listed my property in my neighborhood and um, was able to sell it and not just sell it. I sold it for the highest dollar amount that anybody sold in their community. Oh, wait a minute. So you bought the house for you to live in? Yes. And then you ended up flipping it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, wow. So yeah. that one conversation that you had with that person changed your whole perspective instead right. of just, you know what, we're going to live here. We're going to just, you know, grow a family. He gave you that little nugget. You ran with it and was like, yo, let's just flip this. And let me just tell you, first of all, the fact that you and your wife went to real estate school together, that's a power couple, <laughs> right? Because you guys are growing together and you're aligning your goals and, you know, your mission for, for your life together. So that's awesome. But so, so you just decided to flip it and your wife was like, yeah, let's do this. Yeah. She was like, let's, let's, let's do it. Because at the end of the day, the way we looked at it was we're young. So if we fail, we can bounce back. We have no kids. Right. Um, and why not? This was our project. You know, I mean, we have a, what was it? Like a four bedroom, 4,500 square foot house, just the two of us. Um, let's see what we can do. And then, I mean, we, we, I mean, I can, I'll show you that link later to the house that sold so you can see. I mean, it came out really nice. Of course, we did all the basic stuff when you do a single family homes. We did the, we did the theater and all that other stuff in the basement. But we did other stuff too, like through a hot tub in the, in the basement. It was, um, a little okay. extra, but it was, <laughs> but it really got, um, but it really came out really nice. And like I said, it was able to sell for the highest dollar, um, dollar amount in the community. And, um, I asked several brokers, um, what would they listed at? And, um, you know, they came at a lower dollar amount, but I felt that they didn't understand the value of being in the community and this type of home because there was no more homes being built. Um, but there was this gentleman that came in and me and him are great friends right now. Um, Corona, he's an agent that's in the area. He came to my house cause I was interviewing realtors. So you weren't licensed yet? No, no, no. We just had the game plan. But I'm interviewing realtors to see like how they make their money, what's going to be the commission split. And uh, he was what everybody else was coming in, maybe suited up and stuff like that. He came in with like a button down, some jeans, real cool, and was like, yo, this is what you can do, man. This is the price here. Da, da, da. And I'm just looking like there's no portfolio, there's no hand. I mean, you just really just like, we just straight talking. And then he's like, and, and this is what I charge. So I was like, man, I could do what you do. I straight up told him, I said, I could do what you do. Cause you just, but you're cool. So wait a minute, but how much was his commission? So he broke it all down, 6%, but you know, 6% is not all going to me. 3% is going to go to my cooperating broker, you know, um, Right. Yada, yada, yada. So I'm doing the 6% times the what I was going to sell the house for. And I'm like, that's a car. You know what I'm saying? That's, <laughs> so I was like, but I you can know do what's that. important about that is that, um, so the industry is changing. 
and people are feeling more comfortable to be who they are. Like, we're not really dressing up. Like, I used to, you know, dress up every single day. Like, I wear jeans now, and it's more acceptable now. But back then, people came in with their suits and, you know, everything and, you know, their portfolios and all that. And this guy came in, like, himself and was like, this is what I can do for you. And it resonated with you. Yes. You, you went with him, right? I, well, no. I told him. He, he He's the one who told me. We, he sat with me and started talking. He's like, man, if you want to go to school for this, this is life changing. This is how I make my money. And he's just like, you know, it's, it's a people game. And he really broke the business down to me in a very simplistic form. And, I, and that's what made me say, I'm going to go to school. He said, you got to get your, you know. You got to get your line stuff for brokerage, this and that. He said, but yeah, man, if you want to do it, just go out and do it. So I always, and every time I see him, you know, and he reaches out to me, time, be like, Leon, I'm like, my man. And I, I, you know, shout out to Rona. You know, um, he's a, he definitely put me on the path to say that I can do it. Um, because before him, I didn't really see too many cool agents. Like it was just, mm-hmm. you know, suit and boot. And I don't get, don't, don't get it. Um, twisted. I, I I still throw on my suit and stuff, and when I when I when I'm going into certain meetings. But in the place where I was at that time, to see somebody to relate yes. to me where I was at, and and to encourage me to take that step yeah. was very impactful. Okay, so you got your license, and now you're ready to hit the ground running. So yeah. did you sell your own house? Um, yeah, so 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 while I'm getting my license done, we're renovating the property. So now we're getting like, and when I say renovating the property, the property is a new construction. So we're just finishing the basement, you know, okay. and, put, and putting on the touches. And um, yeah, we um, I listed the house and I sold the house in um, less than a week. Put it, got it under contract um, for the highest dollar amount, and then uh, we went to closing. Um, in that same process time everybody saw so all my mm-hmm. neighbors now are like hey leon can you list our house because we saw what okay. you did and and that's right. what really propelled me having like that first year of doing like my first year in real estate doing over 10 million dollars in sales so wow that's um, great yeah and didn't have to really do no real advertising because everybody's like hey can you you know list my house and the other part about my house that i loved about it was um I was on both sides of the deal because mm. I did an open house, had a sign, gentleman pulled up and didn't have an agent and um, was able to represent both sides of the deal. So, Okay, well, that's awesome. People don't realize the benefits of buying new construction, especially if you can buy it early in um, the development of the community, mm-hmm. because by the time the community is completed, your house would have gained equity naturally just from the builders selling because each phase, usually the price goes up. So mm-hmm. that's, that's awesome. So what would you say like was, well, not was because you're still licensed, but what is the best part of being a, a realtor to you? I think the best part of being a realtor to me is, first of all, you're working with somebody's biggest investment that they're going to make in their life. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can't take that lightly. But forming that relationship um, with those individuals, I'm not just going to help them on making that one purchase. I'm going to show them how this purchase can set them up in a financial empowerment way. And, you know, this one investment can leverage your opportunity to make other investments and stuff of that nature. So. A lot of my clients are more so um, repeated clients, meaning that I'm not just mm-hmm. gonna, they bought their estate home or their town home. For example, I have a client, we started um, her with maybe just a, a condo. I said, don't worry, you can be here for maybe a year and a half to two years and we're gonna take that condo and move it to a townhouse. And then from that townhouse, you're gonna get your, you know, your single family home. And we've been able to do it step by step and I'm showing them the benefits of how everything happens and how, where they can be, so. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's important. Um, being a realtor for life for your clients. And sometimes people want to come in and they just want to buy the biggest house. And it's like, oh, you know, you really can't afford that. Or what you want is just not in your price range. Like, let's start here 
and then you know, you're not going to be in this house forever. Mm-hmm. You know, we can grow. We can grow with you, grow with your income. Um, start here, build equity. Let's take that and then we'll dump it into something a little bit bigger and then a little bit bigger exactly. moving on. So um, I think people don't understand just that concept of using real estate and leveraging it to actually end up getting what you want. But you mm-hmm. got to start somewhere. Exactly. So, that's that's amazing. So let's fast forward into how did you go from being a real estate agent to now tell me a little bit about your venture into Airbnb? Um, so I would say my venture to Airbnb kind of goes back to when I was um, taking those real estate courses. Um, back in we, 2007? Yeah, yeah. And, then, and, oh, wow. and so what happens is is that in those courses, you know, you're paying attention in those classes, but you know, you got your little sheet where you're doodling and you're making your goals of what it is that you want to get out of here. And what I wanted was to have rentals. And then I was just guess, guesstimating that if I had X amount of rentals, I can get rid of my nine to five job. Um, so I wrote that goal sheet down. Then fast forward, you know, once you get into real estate as a real estate agent, you start getting used to the money and everything starts going really well. Um, I met an agent one time and then he just asked me, um, very bluntly and it kind of, you know, took me back. He said, so, um, how many, how many properties you own? I'm like, excuse me, this is, this is just my listing. He said, yeah, but how many do you own? He said, because you know, you're on the front line, you see all the opportunities every day. So you should at least be for how many years? So now I feel like I'm being interrogated, you know, he's like, he's like, um, you know, how long you been doing this? Like five years. He's like, well, for every year you're in this game, you know, you should be putting one house away. I was like, every year I'm asked to put a house away. He's like, yeah. He said, you should be taking down a deal. Um, because at the end of the day, you have no 401k. So now me being the smart act, like, aha, I do have a 401k. I'm a part-time agent. He said, well, you're still hustling backwards. You still should, um, you know, have a, uh, have some properties. So he made me go back to my goal list of thinking like, you know what? That was my intent when I came mm-hmm. in, wasn't to just become a high-end mm-hmm. realtor. I was doing real estate to sell my properties and then to get deals to buy myself. But then somehow in the mix, I lost myself. So I had to revisit that. So I say all that to say, I started buying my own properties after I spoke to him, I bought, I started buying properties, um, market was crashing and it was dipping and um i I focused on the area that i knew everybody was running away from which was condos um Mm -hmm. condos were i like condos i said if i got back into real estate investing that i would get condos yeah so condos was my entry and um and with those um i mean i was able to get stuff so cheap um well and not really cheap but i mean the entry point was very um achievable and um, because that everybody could not qualify, nobody had condos because when, when the market goes upside down, people stop paying the HOAs. And when H- right. HOA fees are delinquent, the FHA is not going to finance it. So now you have to put at least 20% down or buy cash. So once that market of potential buyers is eradicated, then it, the prices just plummet. But mm-hmm. me being a realtor, I knew the value of the rentals. So I knew what people were renting for. So when I saw, for instance, this particular area um, go down and I knew I sold one before for like 135, 155, I, and I saw when the market crashed, I could get it at $50,000. I said, mm-hmm. I need to jump in and get that. And the rents were stabilized. So when market prices go up, and, um, the, the rents always pretty much stay the same. The value um, and equity changes, but the rent stays the same. So I would, I looked at that as saying that if I buy this property, I can actually then rent it for five years and make my money back and it'll be paid off in full. Mm-hmm. Um, and to just make a long story short, I followed that process several times and was able to buy several condos through the down period of the market. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's what made me look at Airbnb as an opportunity later on because I knew how the rental um, process was working. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, I was doing long. I ended up taking, I had condos here in Maryland, and then I did a duplex down in South Carolina because my, mm-hmm. my mindset was that if I could, um, if I can have this, if I could have my renters pay off my duplex, then one day I could build my dream house on this land. Um, so you bought land or you bought 
You saw you bought a duplex in South Carolina. Your goal was to move to South Carolina. Yeah. So that was my, so after I bought mine, um, I had my, I had some, I had some, um, condos up here. I started looking out of town and I, and we was always going to this place, um, called Atlantic beach in South Carolina. And we wanted to get something there. There was a property on the ocean front. This is how I'm dated, but it was property on the ocean front. It was just land. It was like listed for like a million dollars. So it was one of those like, Hey hun, one day, but today, Let's go down the street <laughs> and let's look at this duplex that they're selling for like 180 um, that was already renovated. And, um, you know, it's still working distance to the beach. So I said, hey, we can mm-hmm. buy this duplex and then um, rent it out and then let the renters pay for it. And then one day we'll just build our dream house here. But um, things changed. So a question that a lot of people usually have and you did it. So I'm going to ask you how you did it. Mm-hmm. When they own a property and want to buy investment properties and you bought multiple investment properties, what, how did you finance it? Did you use like conventional financing? Did you use hard money? Did you buy cash? Like, how were you financing the multiple properties? Okay, great question. So, um, the first deal that I purchased, I, I, I just left my current job. So... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you leave your job as a 401k, I then rolled my 401k into a self-directed, um, IRA. So my self-directed okay. IRA, I purchased the first property all cash. So that's how I did my first one. Um, the second one, once again, I'm realizing the market is hot in a different way, meaning that it's bad where everybody like this is when people are mailing in keys and all that stuff, literally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was attending auctions online. So I was buying stuff online um, on um, auction.com, um, buying mm-hmm. different properties. And I mean, once again, I'm not gonna recommend this for your client base, but at one point I was actually buying houses that I knew were cash flow with credit cards. I mean, you know what? You leveraged, so it worked yeah. out, right? Yeah. Oh no, no, it totally, it totally right. worked you out. You leveraged your four one k. You leveraged your credit cards at the mm-hmm. time, so it might that method might not work for everyone, but it might work for some. It might work for someone that didn't even think about that option, because as we know with the real estate cycle, everything that goes up comes back down. So exactly. we're due for another, you know, cycle where people can pick up properties mm-hmm. um, that are cheaper. I don't know when that's gonna happen, but you know, it is a possibility and people just don't understand the leveraging of credit to be able to buy an asset. And then, you know, that asset turns into, you know, what you have going on. So at this point, how many um, investment properties did you have? So that guy like kind of, you know, put you out there and you're mm-hmm. like, I'm going to just start buying properties. So how many properties at this point do you have? Um, so I don't, so I would say this cause I really don't like talking about how many they say quote unquote doors. I was just having this conversation with somebody the other day, but I would say that as of right now, I have over five properties that have no notes. Okay. So, and, 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 so and that was started from back then. When you decided like, you know what, let me get back to the basics of what I said I want to do. And I, you started buying properties. Yeah, because I think at the end of the day, um, and this is just my perspective, because I know because because I go, you know, we have a lot of good debates with my friends and stuff. And we talk about stuff um, because hard money is a good thing um, mm-hmm. if, if used properly. Um, but when I was looking at the numbers versus what hard money would cost me versus, you know, that time when I was doing those, you know, when you get those, um, those, um, balance transfer 0%, um, for 12 months. And I knew my timelines of what I needed to do. Um, it just didn't make sense if you have good credit and I had income because I still had a a, a job. Mm -hmm. Um, and then my thought process was, if I'm taking the money from this property that's now paid off and this property adding up, it's just all stacking up and I could just pay off the next property. So it was like mm-hmm. snowball from one to two, take three, three, then four, four. 
Because um, I know some people can say, hey, well, I got 20 doors and stuff, but you still got like 20 mortgages, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and and to your point, we know that everything is cyclical. So I just don't want to be in a situation because I've seen those that have been over leveraged. So when the yeah. storm comes, they cannot survive. And I, I want to make sure that, you know, I'm buttoned up and ready. And right. um, so, yeah, so, so that's my take on that. Okay. So what would you say was the most interesting way you picked up a property? Oh, the, 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 the I would say um, the most interesting way is the way that I got my last deal that I just closed on. Um, it's an oceanfront property. And um, I got a phone call. And so I have, okay, so I don't want to sound pompous, but... So I already have, I have, pompous. <laughs> so I have, so I have, so I have, I have what we call Bailey's blue ocean view. That's my mm-hmm. oceanfront property that we have that, you know, we've had my first Airbnb property that we've had, um, for about three years now. I've gotten a phone call just, um, last, last November, last November, December, whatever. And somebody says, Hey, um, I see Bailey's blue on my property online on Google and um, you know, I'm about to sell my property and, and I'm, I just want to know why is this like star saying Bailey's blue on my property. So before I'm about to react, I'm about to like, what do you mean my property? Oh, you about to sell? <laughs> you mean? I'm sorry. That's the uh, realtor in you. <laughs> about to sell? I said, really? Why? What do you have? And then he explained to me that they have, you know, these three oceanfront lots and, um, that they were looking to sell because they were going to do a development. COVID was, you know took away their development plans and it wasn't being as successful and um, you know, they need to exit kind of quickly. So I was like, well, give me 24 hours and I'll be back in contact with you. So literally the property that we're building right now, my new oceanfront project, I got the phone call for and the guy called me because he saw that Google star on what was considered on his property. So I think that to me um, was just like God sent and I was literally spent all the previous year, like letting everybody know, hey, we want another property, you know, letting the neighbors know, everybody know that we're really interested in doing more development um, because we've seen what it's been able to do for the town. We've seen what it's been able to do for us. Um, having kids, you know, we're like, we definitely mm-hmm. want to make sure we at least have two, can't have one kid to have the oceanfront, the other kid to have the right. duplex, <laughs> you know, so it's like, we really just need to get this one. Um, so, um, and, and it all happened, I think, and I was listening to somebody the other day, he's like, you really got to put out the energy in the world, what you want. Can't be scared to say it, you know? Um, and I was really letting everybody know that, Hey, we're going to get this other property. And, and I always, one of my taglines is trust the process is because in that whole process, there was a lot of pitfalls. There was many deals that we submitted and, you know, put offers on that we didn't get. But mm-hmm. to be able to get the house right next to yours, it, I mean, what's for you will be for you. So Absolutely. that was the blessing. Absolutely. So are you building this from the ground up? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Is this your uh, first? Um, first first ground up? Mm-hmm. No, no, no. So the only, so, okay. So when it comes to my Airbnb portfolio, the first property was um, the cottages, which was the duplex. So what happened was, is the duplex... We initially rented out long-term, did it for years, but we had a lot of issues. And then once the VRBO and Airbnb became a little bit more um, known to us, we said, hey, let's convert it to that. And it was night and day. I mean, when I talk about night and day, night and day, um, less headaches, um, more cash flow, meaning that I can actually earn what my tenants were playing long-term staying for the whole year in about the same three months. So you're less wear and tear in the property. Right. So that took us therefore to look at the opportunity of with the beach house that we was building. The first one, Bailey's Blue. Mm-hmm. So Bailey's Blue, we bought the land and then we built it from the ground up. Um, I know a lot of people, when they talk about Airbnb, there's a lot of different ways that you can do it. Um, there's Airbnb arbitrage and all the other stuff. Well, um, I don't know anything about Airbnb. I've never stayed in an Airbnb. Oh. I, so I don't know. You're going to have to explain that. Okay. All right. So, all right. So Airbnb is basically you're staying in somebody's home similar um, that's already furnished and done everything like a hotel. You're going to have right. 
your electronic check-in, you're gonna call, you're gonna place your, your booking online. Um, and the funny thing is that they say it's Airbnb, but there was people that were doing what's called Airbnb before Airbnb. Airbnb is just the best branded name because there was VRBO, there was Home Away. Um, people have been renting vacation homes and doing these stays at these places for years, decades. Um, mm -hmm. But now that we have the terminology Airbnb, everybody understands that name. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, so we would go down to Myrtle Beach all the time visiting my wife's family and we would sometimes stay in these um, vacation homes. So we were used to the process, but they had property managers down there. With technology, mm -hmm. everybody started booking everything online. Um, mm -hmm. So it's, it's important to, when you talk about Airbnb, you wanna check ratings, you wanna make sure that, you know, you get to, there's the transparency between how the guests are viewing the place. So one thing can have nice pictures, but then you can look in the comments like, it was roach infested and listen i've heard some really bad experiences from people staring staying in airbnbs that it did not look like the pictures so mm -hmm. that's what kind of scares me from it but mm -hmm. from the investment side you know i'm intrigued by it so what was the airbnb did you say arbitrage oh so that's when you yes arbitrage so that's when you're kind of like you're floating under the under the radar, meaning that you're renting somebody's home mm -hmm. um, or you're renting a condo, but then you're actually listing that condo for Airbnb daily rates, but your landlord may not be aware of the situation. Mm -hmm. So that's why I said that's a that's a fine line where you want to be careful with because in certain um, municipalities they don't allow it. Right. Um, and then, you know, once again, everybody's just trying to figure a way around the system. I'm not one that's so I, I don't I don't um, I don't engage in those type of things. And I think that once again, that's not a good way to do an investment, because if you're doing an investment that's against the municipality or once again, is unbeknown, un, unknown to the person that you're leasing from, because, you know, when you mm -hmm. sign a lease, it says, can you sublease? And they may check no and you're still doing it. That can right. get you in trouble. Um, right. But. What I think my key advantage in Airbnb, uh, what I looked at is, I look at it from not just a regular investor, I look at it from an investor for me investing in real estate. So the same way I look at my mm -hmm. math when I was investing in those properties and knowing markets and studying comps, prime example, a regular Airbnb investor may just be looking at, hey, if I get a four bedroom, two bath, I could rent it out for this much. With me, what I'm looking at is, I'm looking at it from what I learned from flipping homes and renovating them. So if I know that my comps is, let's say X, um, $300,000 for a four bedroom, two bath, um, but I can actually buy something right now for um, 250 and put 15 in it, you know, 15,000. So I'm in all in for 265. Some may say that's a good deal. But with me looking at the strategies, I'm trying to get stuff at 70%, you know, the value or below, you know, Mayo strategy um, and looking at stuff of that nature to see if it's a good investment. I'm going to come down even lower. But for me to get the best, best price, what I realize is if I can get the land, if I can get the land at a real good deal and then I build on it, it's going to beat me even having to deal with an old raggedy home and having to deal with mm -hmm. renovation because now... I'm building everything brand new. Um, so I actually reduce my cap rate costs and all that other stuff because I don't have to worry about an HVAC. It still has a warranty for 10 years. Roof, everything is brand new. So I'm going to have less headaches. And the brand new houses are the ones that get the best reviews mm. versus something that's just right. like, you know, a, a pig with lipstick. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> so, so, right. I, so my whole strategy has been, except for my duplex, because I bought that one first, but everything that we've been doing, Airbnb has been new construction. And I've been able to um, um, first purchase um, Bailey's Blue Ocean View, that land. And then we did new construction and built that property, um, which is a four bedroom, um, two, three bath um, home on the ocean front. And then now we're in the process of building um, Bailey's Lighthouse, which is seven bedrooms, seven baths. Um, and it's, it's right next door on the ocean front. And then. So, so are they all in South Carolina? Yeah, they're all in South Carolina and Atlantic Beach. So that's the other part with me, too, is that um, I'm somebody that I, I'm. 
my niche in investing, what I realized is that I want to invest in communities, um, African-American communities. So like mm -hmm. I said, I'm originally from New York. I'm from Harlem. Mm -hmm. um, I missed the opportunity to buy in Harlem and mm -hmm. to be a part of that renaissance. By the time I came right. back home from college, it was a wrap for the kid. You know what I mean? I couldn't really <laughs> right. in, you know, so that's how I got in Maryland. But then being in Maryland and, and, and being a part of Prince George's County and um, that history itself in the African-American um, affluent community of, of investing and learning and speaking to different business owners, I, you can take your opportunities of mm -hmm. what you want to do. It doesn't have to be in the same place. So then when I found out the heritage, so for instance, um, Atlantic Beach is one of the only African-American beaches in, um, in the United States, historic African-American beaches, I would say. Um, and it was one of those areas that came back from segregation. So when um, musicians and, and artists would go down to perform at the hotels um, in Myrtle Beach, this is the area that they were allowed to come back to stay, sleep, and then wow. they would have their, their own, you know, situations. Let's say Miles Davis is, is performing with Sammy Davis and the Rat Pack. And the next thing you know, they're like, all right, well, it's midnight. But at midnight is when the show starts at Atlantic Beach. You know, mm -hmm. that's when everybody, people of color get together and, and they would do a lot of stuff. And um, so the history there, it, it was very um, profound to me. And I, I think what also was the fact that this, this, this city was able to hold on to their own charter for so long. So, mm -hmm. um, so once segregation ended, you got to understand, when you start looking into the history, when people had the opportunity to go in other areas, a lot of the black areas suffered because I don't no longer have to be just here. Right. I can go anywhere. So now people are like, well, I don't want to go to Lang Beach. I could go to Cherry Grove. I could go this place. So Right. You know, that was kind it, of a downfall. You're right. That was definitely a downfall because yeah. we like kind of just spread out we, yeah. um, and, and lost some of that, the culture the that culture. we had. Exactly. Exactly. So now the economics of that particular area and other areas throughout the South, when you look at different places that, you know, when you look at the history of Greenwood, Black Wall Street, I mean, mm -hmm. beyond like, you know, the, the, the things that happen to help drive us away. But once we lose that connection from those mm -hmm. places, it's hard for those places to recover. So mm -hmm. when I looked at this opportunity um, about investing there, it wasn't so much about like, you know, I'm trying to make money initially when I bought the duplex. I just wanted to be a part of that movement to restore um, that presence. Um, right. And then that same property, when I mentioned earlier, when, I'm, when I was with my wife, when we was looking um, at, at the houses over there, that, that land that was a um, million dollars, when it was like one day, um, when the market crashed and, and we went through that, like the recession, they, they were doing a short sale and we was able to scoop it up. And oh, that's wow, that's, that's amazing. So that's why I said- I love sale. that. Mm -hmm. You manifested that exactly. back that's then. Speak it in. But did, as I'm looking at how everything played out, I'm, that's why I always say trust the process. Let people mm -hmm. know what you want. I mean, even, I mean, it's, it's so many things I could tell you, Tabitha, but you're going to like, okay, he's, you know, he's all into it, you know, so. Listen, we need to be able to share stories and celebrate people that are doing amazing things, right? Because what you're doing will inspire the next person. It inspires me. So, you know, I love to hear these stories of what people are doing, how they did it, um, because I might want to do it. I might not, but I might want to do it. Or I might know someone that is interested and I can say, hey, you know what? I know someone that's doing amazing things in that space. Let me connect you with them. Mm -hmm. You know, so I'm excited to hear all these things. I, I mean, I act like I was so excited just now to know that you got that property as if I bought the property <laughs> because it's something about when you, you know, set a goal and then you actually achieve it. And of course you had to put in a lot of work. You mm -hmm. took a lot of steps, you, you know, executed and took action to get there, but you got there. So to hear that, that's, you know, that's wonderful and amazing. And just to hear all of the things that you're doing, even to hear the, you know, the story about Atlantic Beach, because um, I didn't know that I'm not familiar with that area. But now it makes me say, like, you know what, I want to go visit that mm -hmm. area. 
um, to learn more. Do you have a website for for your properties down there? Um, yeah. So if you go online, so I'm on Airbnb. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you definitely go, if you Google um, Bailey's Blue Ocean View, you'll get linked to my website for um, Bailey's Blue. We don't have a website up for um, Bailey's Lighthouse yet, um, okay. but that will be up shortly because we're finishing construction in January. So. And I'll make sure I put it in the description for everyone. I appreciate that. Now, what would you say was your biggest lesson that you've learned through, you know, all of your investing and I, I do want to get back into your Airbnb as well. But what would you say is the biggest lesson? Because it sounds like you've ventured in and you had your hand in a lot of um, parts of real estate investing. So what would be the, the biggest lesson that you've learned in your um, career so far? So far, I would say that all lessons are transferable. Um, and and I and I know I'm gonna beat the like I keep being a drum. When I say trust the process, is that if I didn't have the understanding of knowing what it was to buy the condos because I was renting them for somebody else, because there were certain times in that in a hot market, people were like I'm not doing no rentals. I'm only strictly doing listings. So I don't want to be a buyer's agent. But my experience working with those renters, I knew what the renters were looking for as far mm-hmm. as quality, showing them ten homes, and then I knew from a landlord what they were looking for. So when I, it came for me to make my own rental or to make that investment, I knew what type of investments I needed to do. You know, maybe instead of just doing with the little from, um, from Micah top, get the granite one time because the granite is going to last for years, but that's also going to make somebody think the impression, you know, mm-hmm. not going to get the white fridge, make sure you get the stainless steel, like the, the subtle things. But mm-hmm. the experience of you helping others will always pay off in your wealth of knowledge that will help mm-hmm. you yourself down the road. And um, I just look at everything that I've been able to do through that is just taking these steps and getting there. So, no, I didn't just jump into Airbnb. I actually had a wealth of real estate built up by helping others get their homes, investing that was able to give me uh, um a compartmentalized uh, uh, ability to say, you know what, I can do it. Because you need to be able to have your tank full to say you're going to do something. Meaning you're not just going to say, I'm going to drive across country and just not check your, 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 your gas tank and be like, do I have enough? But when you fill the fuel that may not just be your fuel, but hey, I know Tabitha did it because I helped to close that deal. I know Jessica mm-hmm. did it. Again. You start looking like, you know what, I got the capacity to do this. You know, and um, mm-hmm. I think that's what led me to yep. be able to say, well, what me managing these four properties over here is going to be no different than me managing in South Carolina because at the end of the day, it's just a phone call. Phone mm-hmm. calls, toilet's backed up, call a plumber. Plumber goes to the property. So mm-hmm. I'm not worried about those little things. Um, so that's, that's what I would probably say as far as my, my lessons, the way I look at things. Okay. Well, that is, that's, that's great. So if someone wanted to get into Airbnb, and they asked you, how do I do this? What would you tell them? So I would say if someone want to get an Airbnb is I would first encourage them to check their financial house to make sure that they have their financials in order. Um, I would ask them, you know, what it is that you want to invest in. Um, and I will actually um, really have a true conversation about the cost of what it is because it is. I mean, depending on what you're doing, like I said, if you're doing condos and, and apartments and stuff of that nature, it might be different. But mm-hmm. when you're doing stuff like like beach houses and stuff, there is a cost and in, in a, in a, in a significant investment to do this type of stuff. But there is a, a, a significant upside, you know. Well, um, what's the cost? Depends on the area. So mm-hmm. if you're doing something in Florida versus, you know, in the Carolinas, that's going to be different. Mm-hmm. Um, versus if you're doing something in the Hamptons in New York. So just what's so the again, cost? Are you talking about like the acquisition cost of acquisition purchasing cost. the property? Acquisition of the property. So acquisition of the property, and then you're going to have to figure out your cost to furnish the property, mm-hmm. um, which is a whole nother cost of in itself. Um, and once again, it depends on what your, your end user is, is going to be looking like. You mean mm-hmm. what, you're, what you're targeting? Are you targeting somebody that's a budgetista? Or you're talking somebody that, that wants to have a luxury experience and they're saying, hey, this is what I want to have. I'm willing to pay for this. Um, 
And then the most vital part for me, and I was just having this conversation earlier with somebody, is um, you want your cleaning person is going to be your backbone to your business. Mm-hmm. Because that your, your property management is one thing, but the person that's cleaning your home, um, you need to be spending time and and inspecting the expects of what that needs to be. And I would even, so like even now what we do, and I'll share, I'll share this tip, you know, what we do on off season, like right now, we have family, you know, that we may have just, you know, just, just stay at the property and, you know, we will have that just so we can get evaluations um, to make sure certain things are being done as they should be. Um, and then we'll just do check-ins pre- periodically um, because... Mm-hmm. If your cleaning team is not on point, I don't care how much you invested in the property. I don't care how much of the you you invested in furniture and decorations. People are going to be mad. Um, mm-hmm. They came into your property and, like you said, you if the expectations did not match the pictures and stuff of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've been we've been um, we've we've seen both sides of that um, as far as where you don't have a good cleaning team, mm-hmm. um, but we saw that with the duplex. And we took those key learnings and fixed it. Like I said, everything. Is what, what was happening with the cleaning people? Oh. So what are the expectations? I because wanna... I don't own an Airbnb. So I'm thinking like, okay, yeah, they just kind of, you know, okay. vacuum um, and, you know, wipe the counters down and maybe change the towels. So what, what does that entail? So some things could be um, as, as bad as the cleaning people did not clean the property on time. I mean, as far they as... They didn't clean it at all. They didn't clean it at all. Oh, um, that would be bad. So that could be very bad. You know, um, they didn't show up to also... Just trying to think of like some little horror stories. Um, you know, the sheets. They, I mean, they, they weren't clean sheets. You know, like they might have... Oh. The people that was there before, they might have just made the bed with the, the sheets not clean. I so mean, the cleaning people have to like do the laundry... Um, that's involved in the cleaning. Oh yeah, no. So okay. we have a whole checklist. So okay. there's a. It's not just. So it's. It, it, it is. So we don't even. We already removed the opportunity for them to just say, "Hey, we'll just wash the sheets and the wash and dry at the unit to make clean." We're bringing in fresh sheets from off-site laundry so they can make the beds and everything, and then mm-hmm. they taking their laundry bag, you know, of all the towels, all the towels and everything has to be um, folded and fresh. Um, and we request, even before COVID, we want the property to be um, not a deep clean. When I say deep clean, because we have a deep clean at least um, once a month. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be thoroughly clean where they will be in the house for probably about three hours doing cleaning. Mm-hmm. Just, just cleaning the property, sweeping all the floors underneath the bed. I mean, my wife is very anal about what she wants to see. Um, and she made a detailed list of like, okay... This, 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 and that, you know, um, to even to the point when people come into um, the, um, the the beach houses that we leave them drinks, like mm-hmm. sodas, waters, to welcome them in. Because it's like, okay. hey, I'm coming all the way in from New York. I'm traveling here. You mean I can't have a water in the damn fridge when I get there? Like, <laughs> can I get something? You know? So, I mean, right. so it, it's just making sure that you're being treated as you want to be treated. Right. And, and these little things go such a far away because whatever um, issues they may have, if those things are addressed, meaning like I'm coming in and the kids are unpacking, oh my God, there's the waters and the sodas. And, oh my God, they left us a gift of a, a brand new cake from somebody baked locally. Like, you know, mm-hmm. so if something small is there. Oh, little like, touches, yeah. Yeah, they're... they're they're going to overlook whatever might we may not have had control of. You know, right. they might say like, hey, you know, the back door of Leon was open and, you know, but don't worry. Thank God we love that pound cake you left us. And it's the small touches. So right. we just want to make sure there's no big issues. Like you go in and you pull back the bed sheets and you see somebody else's hair on the sheets. You know, those are. Yeah, that would be nasty. Exactly. And that's the whole thing. <laughs> you don't want to have a spot that right. is nasty. That's not right. the end of the day. So. So what's in the future for you? Um, so the future for us right now, we're really excited about Bailey's Lighthouse. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, we're going to be developing um, a, another six lots in Atlantic Beach that we already have on the, well, we already own. So that's what's next. Um, 
And I think um, I just, I mean, I'm just, I'm just taking it back and enjoying the ride right now. I'm really enjoying the process. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm using some of, once again, I'm looked at my, have, sometimes you have to take an external look at yourself. And I realize that I'm probably moving on from being a realtor to being mm -hmm. a developer mm -hmm. um, because um, I've gotten a lot of insight. Um, being able to be appointed by um, the county executive, Prince George's County, to be on the redevelopment board, I've been mm -hmm. able to see how projects have been able to be done and um, managed. And I understand the relationship between um, the political mass as well as um, mm -hmm. minority business owners that want to have a piece. And I, I just see that whole thing as there's so much more in real estate that we need to be a part of. And I get it. If you mm -hmm. want to be just an investor, that's great. But it's such another way you can make a critical impact. And I've taken those lessons from here and I've started applying them down in Atlantic Beach where I've encouraged people to um, to run for, for councilmen because, hey, if we're going to change the town. We need to have good leadership in place and um, mm -hmm. helping forming like uh, HOA associations. Like I, my whole part is that you if you want things to change, you have to be part of the change and mm -hmm. and, and you can't be it by yourself. Um, so you have to bring others along with you because they may not know what you know, but you may not know what they know. So, mm -hmm. and as you learn together, your change that you're looking for can un unravel and come before your eyes as you guys trust the process throughout the whole the whole time. So that's that's what I'm looking forward to because I'm seeing a lot of stuff come to fruition. Um, I think Atlantic Beach is going to become. Um, I, I joke and I say it a lot, but I'm really speaking it more to fruition. Like it's almost going to become like the Martha's Vineyard of the South, um, mm -hmm. because now that people go down there and they see the houses and they see everything, you're like, wow, I didn't know this was here. And um, I'm and I'm meeting more like-minded investors, people of color, um, people not of color, but people that understand that hey, this is a historic African American town, and you know what, this shouldn't change. You know, that's what I love because when people say, well, it it don't have to be. How would I say it? It doesn't have to be all black beach. I mean, ownership, you know. Um, but I think that sometimes with gentrification, mm -hmm. people lose that luxury of knowing what was what. You know, once again, mm -hmm. I, I say I'm from Harlem. And then when people start talking about, oh, Soho, I'm like, what are you talking about? Right, you can't change the name, you know, <laughs> of, and the history of what happened here. You right. know, but if you want to live here and be a part and embrace the culture and thing, then yes, we welcome you because um, yes. through all the Renaissance and different places and things that happened, um, it wasn't just one. We are uh, as a people, people first. But um, so right. I welcome seeing that evolution of it, um, and um, I, I'm, I'm enjoying now having my kids participate into the um, in the in the um, in the renovation process and um of, of 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 the properties and part of the business well i love everything that you're doing um sounds amazing one last question sure when you started did you think you would be here mm, that's a tough one um to be to be quite honest Yeah. But did I know how I was going to get here? No. Um, when you have the right people behind you in your corner, there's two things you're going to feel. One is that you don't want to let them down. And mm -hmm. the second is that you can do anything. And I've been blessed with having a, a supportive family, friends, parents, um, relatives, that have always encouraged me, whether it's been the clothing business and doing other mm -hmm. things. But when I put my all into this, I started seeing that, like I said, when the gentleman told me before is that when you start doing what you, what seems so easy and, you know, um, not even a big thing to you, but you can see the rewards, wait to see when you start putting your all into it. And, and, and I started doing that. So when I started seeing the the rewards on the back end, I, I was like, wow, this, this could be good. And I think what I'm visioning now, um, mm -hmm. in the future, I'm just, um, I'm, I'm proud, you know, I'm proud. I'm, I'm proud, proud of too. what's happening. I am proud of you as well. Um, to see you doing this, you know, these things in the community, doing big things. It's, it's amazing. Sounds like you're going to be able to teach some of this stuff to people. 
Yeah, I mean, I've been, I was inspired by our conversation, and I think I'm going to be looking into that. So that's one of the goals for 2022. Awesome. So I'm going to have to get with the baddie. <laughs> to see how I need to make this happen. But um, no, yes. I think, I, and once again, I'm looking at, I used to look at it from a different perspective, but at the end of the day, um, I look at how much I've gained from different resources that I've learned from. So I, I'm taking it to a perspective that if I can show, or as you said, ignite or inspire that life to show others mm -hmm. that it can be done, um, I, who am I to impede that? Because I have to trust mm -hmm. the process and continue Absolutely. it on. Absolutely. Each one, teach Each some. One. Mm -hmm. Oh, I like that. Teach some. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for- thank you, um, thank you for having me. I've learned a lot about you. It's I'm excited to see where you go from here. Um, I am going to put your website in the description for everyone if they want to, um, you know, Get one of your Airbnbs in South Carolina. I know I'm going to because okay. now I want to come to Atlantic Beach and okay. experience what's going on down there. Maybe I might become an investor. I might be giving you we a call about that. You'll be happy to bring you on in. Absolutely. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm so excited. So thank you again for um, being a guest on. And you're actually my first guest hey. on the Real Estate Baddie podcast. So Look forward to seeing big things from you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. You have a great day. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Hey, do you love a good story? Great. Then you got to check out the Hashtag Storytime podcast. Each episode brings you the craziest, creepiest, and cringiest stories from YouTube, TikTok, Reddit, and beyond. My story is about the time that I was broken up with at the 9-11 memorial uh, twice. Look, the internet is a dumpster full of stories. And I, your host, Will McFadden, dive in headfirst, sift through the flaming trash, and bring you nothing but treasures. Listen to all 21 episodes of Hashtag Storytime now on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.